Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Bankroll Burners, the podcast for poker players who can't stop getting it in bad. I'm Mike. And I'm Josh. And we're here, as always, to bring you some recently played hands of No Limit Texas Hold Them. Uh, we're going to go through those these hands street by street. Uh, this is the first time we've ever talked about them with each other, so it's blind reactions, and we're just going to see how badly we played the hands. Oh, yeah. I mean, we, uh, you know, on that topic, when you say Texas hold them, do you remember a couple of years ago, there was like a debate where people like were arguing over whether it was whole cards or hold cards? Yes, I do. And I saw, I remember some large Twitter person, maybe it was Doug Polk, I don't know, had a poll. It was like, is it whole cards or hold cards? And it was split 50-50. What is wrong with half of you? It is not hold cards. <laughs> I think, if I remember correctly, I think Joe Stapleton was the biggest advocate for the term hold cards. Well, no. It's, <laughs> it's not. Texas, hold them. It's, you're holding. Who you're... cares? That doesn't matter. They're they're not. You don't actually hold them. Right. So, whatever. Well, some people do. I mean, sure. Fish. Uh, yeah. Unlike uh, professionals like us. Yeah. Prof profitable masterful poker players <laughs> like us do not hold our cards well anyway my little aside uh is is complete so now we could get into the good old-fashioned punting uh this hand is maybe not too punty which is a change but i guess we'll find out uh you know there's always a chance um, so in this we'll particular hand uh, i'm playing one three out of encore boston harbor as usual um, we're about, I'm about 275 effective with the main villain, so just under 100 big blinds, and of course the, the opens wind up being a bit bigger, so, you know, as always, taken with a grain of salt. Uh, the villain yeah, in this it's, hand... It's, 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 it's really more like a $5 blind, almost. Like, so you think about it, you're really, like, not even 60 bigs effective in some ways. So. Right. Um, the villain in this particular hand is a reg. Uh, I'd say he's uh, okay. He's pretty ABC player. Um, certainly does a, a, a some amount of limping, but not a whole lot, and like definitely a lot of like over flatting. So nice. I don't suspect that he's like a particularly good player, but he's a he's a nice guy and he's pretty okay. All right, cool. Uh, I am under the gun, so there will be no limping in this hand. Uh, I, Hero has Ace of Diamonds, Queen of Hearts. Nice. And uh, I open that up to 15. Again, from, from stone under the gun in a nine-handed game. Um, and we're going to get a nice round of callers. Uh, the next act calls, which is just never a fun, never okay. a fun start. Uh, but then, actually, only the hijack and the big blind come along. It's shocking, truly, that you, if the next act called and you still... I mean, it's so funny, because, like, you know, in theory, if you... If Under the Gun opens and then in a nine-handed game and <laughs> plus one calls, like, you're both supposed to just be, like, unbelievably strong, and, like, no one should ever call behind with trash. But, of course, in cash games, that is not how this works. I mean, it's it's a similar feeling to when, like... You know, there's like a limp, like, like we've all been in this situation if you're an aggressive player and there's like a limp and like an open and like two calls and you're in the small line with like a squeezable but bad hand and you squeeze and then the limper calls. Yes. And you're like, oh, well now everyone's calling and I'm going to play five ways with like King Jack suited mm -hmm. from the small blind. You know, it's a similar it's situation. Awesome. Like as, as soon as you see the next act cutting out chips, you're like, my God. Yeah, I mean, you know, this is uh this is the the joy of cash games. This is live poker. I mean, you know, if you don't like that, go play tournaments, you nit. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um Well, anyway, uh the flop comes down. We're going four ways to a flop. We're in position to one player and out of position to two, and the flop is a pretty 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 good one all things considered. It's ace 10 5 rainbow, so ace of clubs, 10 of diamonds five of hearts we've got top pair with a good kicker and the big blind kicks things off with a check all right so i mean we're 60 in the middle and we've got 260 behind right so uh we're looking at a little over four to one spr yeah and i would say also i mean at this point we're, we're quite a bit deeper because i i don't have everyone stack sizes in my notes mm -hmm. but i had like 800 in front of me and i assume mm -hmm. i think that like one or two of the other players were were deep 
I, I only have sort of the the, the ultimate villain uh, who is the big blind, but you know, I only have I mean, his stack size written down. I mean, you know, it's interesting to consider like checking here sometimes. Um, I mean, the board's not very wet, right? So we're not like super worried about, I mean, there's not like a million draws that'll call us um, and there's not much to protect from. I mean, we have the toppest pair. Um, we can be behind here sometimes, certainly just some two pair holdings, not a lot, some sets, but not a lot. I mean, you know, it's, I would say if you were truly only 270, 260 effective at this point, if you're really looking at a four to one SPR, like blanket, I would just bet here and look to get stacks in for the most part. But given that you are actually quite deep with some of these villains, I don't mind checking here from out of position to two players and just playing a little cautiously. Yeah, I, I think, I've, I mean, I definitely do a lot of checking in these situations. Uh, but I think, like, on a board like this, I can you can you could go pretty exploitative, too, where, like, I try to not, like, blindly C-bet ace-high boards, especially multi-way, just because people gravitate towards having an ace so often. Because that's just mm -hmm. how live players play. Um, so I... But I love, like, betting my good aces because you are going to yeah. get, a, like, just a ton of value from, like, worse aces, you know, and can definitely get stacks in a lot of the time. So I do decide to bet here, ultimately. Um, you know, I think it's... I agree. I think it's fine to check. I think I would definitely check... I This is... I mean, ace-jack, I might start checking sometimes and, like, you know, as, like, a weaker-suited ace, I'm probably checking almost always. Mm -hmm. but ace-queen I think is just a little bit too strong. I don't really expect anyone to have ace-king, so you know, I yeah, pretty much sure. have the best one pair hand possible, so when that's the case, I definitely want to get some value. Yeah, yeah, I, <laughs> I don't see anything wrong with that. I mean, I, I think there's a lot of value, especially in you know generally betting flops, because there's just more draws to call you. A lot of times people won't chase draws on the turn, Live play, low-stakes live players, so, you know... It, as a general rule, I do like betting maybe more than you're supposed to in theory. I do just worry about being so deep, I guess, you know, being like 300 bigs effective with some of these players uh, out of position with a one pair holding and, and maybe wanting to be a little bit cautious. But I, I mean, look, I don't know. You can also overfold here sometimes as well. So it's, well, you know, it's fine. I don't think there's anything wrong with betting, but that's, that's just my two cents. That's what I was going to say is as best I can remember the the two players who were in position of me who were not this sort of live ABC reg uh, were pretty standard, you know, playing pretty face up. So, you know, if I get raised here, you know, I'm probably not going to fold right away, but I'm probably going to fold the turn if they continue betting. So I'm not really, I'm not, I'm not, you know, worried about winding up, you know, committing my stack here with, with top pair. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. So, okay, so you you bet. Well, how much do you bet? So I bet twenty. I think this is a it's a dry board. I want to bet small and just keep folks in. Um, and I get called by the hijack and the big blind. Okay, so hijack calls next to act, correct? Nope. Under the gun folds or under the gun plus one folds. Oh yes, and of then course. Hijack yes. calls and then big blind calls. So, um, you know, still three players. Not you know tough to tough to draw anything super you know interesting yeah i mean that. you know hijack should have some could have is most likely to have a, a weaker ace of these players but yeah yeah i mean it's tough to know it, whenever someone overcalls, it's kind of tough to know what to put them on like you know do i really expect this guy to have do i really expect the big blind to have like a 10 or a 5 when he overcalls? like some players certainly will probably shouldn't right yeah okay so uh, what's the turn? So there's now 120 in the pot, and I'm about 240 effective with the big blind, and like probably 750 effective with the hijack. Uh, and the turn uh, makes me hope that nobody has a five, as it rolls off the five of diamonds. Okay, and so this is completes the rainbow, or it introduces a. It introduces card? a backdoor diamond draw. We do have the ace of diamonds, um, <clears throat> and the big blind checks once again. Okay, I mean. I mean, uh, yeah, I I keep betting here. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think so. I mean, Having I think taken I just, hand this way, I would keep going. I think I just want to try and get like get stacks in against the big blind. You know, it's it basically bet until I get raised. People had to say that in live poker sometimes. Like if you watch a vlog, people use that term, and I think that in a spot like this, it's it's reasonably applicable. Where I just want to, you know, I, I'm gonna have the best hand a lot, and I'm pretty much always gonna have the best hand if I keep getting called and not raised, so I, I do want to keep getting value from any sort of weaker holdings. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I think you could take a pretty large sizing here. 
Yeah, I mean, so based on the stack sizes, I mean, because there's like, this SPR is basically two to one, so I decided to go half pot. Uh, I bet 60, which is not quite geometric, but you know, it sets up basically like a three quarter pot sh shove on the river, but I, th I think looking at the sizing, I could have sized up just a little bit. To yeah, get I was thinking more like 70, but uh, you know, it's fine, it's fine. So I bet 70, um, the hijack now- You bet 60. I bet 60. Yeah, I bet 60. Yep. Uh, the hijack now folds and the big blind calls. So things are moving along nicely. I'm, I'm glad I don't have multiple opponents. Although, I mean, I might just, you know, we might just all have an ace a lot when that's the case. Sure. Um, all right. I mean, what do you think big blind can have here? I mean, other than a weaker ace, what other sort of holdings do you think? Well, I mean, I guess that's the question, you know, does the big blind think that I ever am getting like out of line with it and, and like call with a 10 here? Is bit does big blind ever sort of slow play a five here or does he pretty much always have an ace you know it's tough for him to have a draw right unless he's got ex you know exactly something like king queen king jack or queen jack of diamonds right that he just like decides you know he decided to like you know chase a little bit on the flop because he was getting such a good price drawing to the nuts and then picked up the backdoor flush draw and you know decided to peel another one it's unlikely but but you know there are a few combos to those hands if yeah, absolutely. They're there. There's those combos. And I mean, yeah, we're going to be very ace heavy. I don't really see live players slow play trips in the spot unless they're really bad. Right. Which I don't think um, he is. Yeah. I mean, I definitely have seen like trash, really like severe trash players not even necessarily be slow playing, but actually be concerned they might be beat here oh, somehow. So, I have ace. I you know I have aces in my range. Right. Exactly. So, I, but I suspect he really doesn't have a five when he just calls here, especially out of position. So, um, I mean, I would think the most likely thing he has is an ace or perhaps a 10. So, you know, happy yeah. to. Yeah. And I think this is kind of where, where the, where the pot gets a little bit, where this hand gets a little bit interesting. Whoops. And I just cleared the hand from my hand history tool. So hold on one second. Uh, um, but th this is actually, I think where the hand is a little bit interesting because the river now comes an offsuit 10. So the final board is now ace-10, five, mm -hmm. five, ten. So the board is double paired. And we've got ace-queen. Uh, and then he checks mm -hmm. again. And I, I guess this is kind of where I was a little bit thrown into the blender and thinking, you know, is it basically, is it too thin to just rip it here? Hmm. Well... <laughs> I don't think so. To be honest, you know, it's because like he will call you. I mean, I guess the thing is, is he gonna fold an ace? Like, if he had like ace nine and he's like, oh, my kicker doesn't like is now, but I no, I don't even know. I don't really see why it would be too thin, to be honest with you. Because, like, I mean, what's it's gonna be like a three quarters pot size jam. I mean, if he has any ace, he's he's probably just gonna call you. Right, the question is, do we get called by an ace? I mean, is he kind of too, just going to be too scared of this board? And, like, does he have a 10 enough that we should be a little bit concerned here? You know, that we're just going to get value on ourselves a lot? I, I don't really know. I mean, I, I I think this is kind of where the hand was, like, why the hand was a little interesting to me. Because, you know, I it's not the most it's not the most complex hand, but I think, you know, the spot like this is, is a pretty close, you know. I, I mean, what about, like, from like a balance perspective, like if you were playing like online here, do you think that this is like more of a check back, or should it still be sort well, of like? If, well, it's interesting. Like, what are what are our primary bluffs here? Uh, it's like I guess Broadway gut shots mostly, yeah, um, and then obviously backdoor diamonds sometimes. But um, although, how many of those backdoor diamond hands are we betting on the flop? It's probably mostly Broadway gut shot type hands. So. <clears throat> I mean, I'm certainly, I I don't know. I think I would probably be jamming a decent amount of those types of hands. I mean, because they do block his strongest aces, for example. And so, I mean, X, which is, so it's kind of, they, they right. serve a lot of good, good duty. I mean, what are like the hands that like you were excited to rip it here with? Like, obviously you could have pocket aces, but like that can't just be the only hand. Like, right. Or, or like you know, a five. You don't really have any tens yourself other than I guess ace 10, but again, it's like, or ace five, but like you have so few, you have so little thick, thick value here that it seems like you are not 
betting enough hands if you're only betting like boats basically like right. no way so that, i mean that's a good point i mean if, if but if you know if that's the case and especially kind of thinking about live player ranges like i, I kind of agree with you like that makes me think that we almost have a pretty significant like range disadvantage here because we, you know, our opponent is going to be way more likely to hold a 10 or possibly a five because we really shouldn't start betting those hands on the flop. He might overcall, you know, he might, he definitely has some in his range. You know, so if, if our yeah. if the best hands we show up here are almost always, you know, ace, king, ace, queen, you know, does that mean we should just be checking back this river a lot because we have such mm. a disadvantage? Right. Whereas he could have like, you know, random <laughs> ace X, I guess. Like that's what we're targeting, right? It's just like yes, ace X suited. Which yeah, he, ace X suited. Exactly. Um, yeah, it's interesting. You're right. I suppose like we probably have some kind of range disadvantage because he, he should have more boats. Um, but I mean, at these stack depths, it's like, is well, we really afraid of that? Like, no, and especially, I mean, I, and this is kind of why I was thinking like live exploit versus sort of bat, like you know, from more, maybe a balanced perspective, we wind up doing a lot of checking here. But you're, you're saying that in a balanced world, maybe we are really only supposed to bet boats, right? And like you know, to have a lot of give ups and, and check, or you know, bet slip, bet some asex, but not all. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's probably true. Like, you know, villains should... Well, but I don't even know how you think about this from, like, a balanced perspective. Because, first of all, this dude has, you know, completed from the blinds after, like, UTG open, you like, you know, whatever. He yeah, shouldn't yeah, have yeah. that much strong hands. And then he, he overcalls the flop. He just calls the turn. Like, what is his range, like, in theory even supposed to be like there is no theoretical range here it's just whatever you think his range is no that that's a good point and i yeah, want i mean so. you know that almost makes me but you know i'm just trying to think about some heuristics like you know i just thinking is it too thin to always rip like ace king ace queen here you know in the end i mean i i think live i kind of agree with you probably not we should just we should just rip it because i mean it's live poker he's gonna raise me on the turn with the five almost always he might like lead jam a lot on the river with the ten. Like... Also true. So like, like yeah, I, I I think that you're just fine in live poker. I mean, against like a competent villain, uh, like I think slow. I, I mean, I think from his standpoint, if he has a five, like just calling turn is actually pretty good because uh, you very you're very likely have a strong ace as played. Yeah. So I would certainly in his spot at least consider just flatting on the turn instead of check raising, check jamming. But most players. You know, they see trips, you know, they put money in. So it's just like, I just think he has so many, so much ace-x. And like, if you check this back and he rolls over like ace-jack or ace-nine, you're going to hate yourself. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I do wind up jamming. I did jam. Uh, I thought that, I mean, I was like, you know, I'd set up the river jam. I was like, I basically like somewhat ruled out a five because he overcalled the flop. And then I somewhat, I mean, once he calls two streets, it does cut down on the number of tens he has. So I was like... But, you know, I was just thinking about, like, if we were, you know, what if we did want to... I mean, and you're right, there is no real balance here. So it's like, you know, we should just target his range. So I did I did jam, and, and he went into the tank for a while, and he did wind up folding what he claimed was an ace. Okay. So, you know, that's fine. And, uh, yeah, I, I think it's fine. I think his jammy's fine. I think ace-jack is probably getting maybe to be a bit too thin, because he actually can have ace-queen, and yeah. uh, you're also blocking his ace-jack, but... Um, I think that ace queen is, is probably fine to jam. Well, and like I said, I may check back ace jack, um, or, or check ace jack a good amount on the flop as well. So I think that yeah, we definitely can can you know ace jack. I agree, it's probably too thin to get the full three streets. Yeah. So. Whether whether we checked flop or checked here, yeah. Okay. Well, that's cool. a cool hand. Thanks for yeah, I like it. It's interesting. It's it is interesting. Like I'm open to being wrong, but this my sense is that you should just jam this. Version. Yeah, and I did wind up jamming, so clearly I agree. Okay, well, I've got a hand here, which is a solver hand. I did run through the solver, and I thought to myself that perhaps I had played this hand a little bit wrong, but this was like severe negative EV, actually. So uh, this is going to be a, an interesting... This, this is one of those hands where the, the solver is very interesting. Well, you know, as one of our YouTube commenters uh, pointed out last episode, there are no blunders, just creative plays. Yes, we're very creative. 
<laughs> so, um, this hand's going to start 200 effective with the main villain. Uh, the main villain is really bad. So I think we should, I, I think that probably matters here a bit. Like villain is really bad. Not, I wouldn't say like they're one of those players who like really thinks they have like a good strategy and it's like, what on earth type of deal. So well, I think that is helpful. I mean, that, that, that even almost, you know, precludes some solver work or means that I'd say the, the exploitative play is more important because you're, you know, the ranges that the solver is going to assign him may not be accurate, etc. No, and, and this is the first thing I'm going to mention about the solver range. So <laughs> it's, it's about the range. So I open up under the gun, eight-handed, to $10. And with, just the low jack calls. With That's it. what hand? I have ace of clubs, eight of clubs. Okay. And only the low jack calls. Only the low jack calls. Very strange. Crappy table. <laughs> What's that? Crappy table. Yeah, no. I mean, the table was actually not great, but uh, the this was I was pretty surprised by this. Even this was even pretty unusual. So, um, the flop is going to come king of hearts, eight of spades, five of hearts. Okay, so we flop middle pair. Middle pair. There's a front door flush on board. We do not have a back door flush draw. Um, and I, when you look at the solver here, it's basically mixing betting and checking with all of our hands, which is pretty normal for out of position solver work when you get called in the right. Field. Um, it's basically a mix. And I thought that in game, I was like, I can probably bet this sometimes and check this sometimes, but because I know this villain is awful, I would prefer to bet. Right. Cause he might call you with like anything. Right. Like he, so, he might call you with like ace jack with no, with no draws of any sort. I have seen him do plays like that. Yes. Okay. So, so yeah, so um, I think that's reasonable. Um, so I do decide to bet here. Um, I just bet 10. Yep. And what's actually interesting too on the solver here, the solver, this is one of those rare ones where it is mixing four options. It has a check, small bet, medium bet and over bet all using all of them so i thought that was pretty interesting because like i mean first of all obviously that's an impossible strategy to apply in real life um but i did think that was curious like you know there's just a, sort of like the weirdness of out of position poker i guess it's just like you know we're doing all these different things i guess over betting does make some sense with like your strong strongest hands because you know they're not going to have aces or kings or whatever or ace king theoretically um, so I guess some overbetting on the flop here does kind of make sense, but I don't know. I mean, what what do you think about that? You know, I, I'm kind of against like using multiple sizings on like every street, and I mean, I'm in my personal strategy, I try not to use multiple sizings at all because like, like I I think I mentioned this before, I have a hard enough time like picking the right sizing when I have one sizing. Like, yeah, you know, I'm sure that that I would that would lead to many many more blunders if I actually like tried to do that like do multiple sizings. And I think I do, I mean, I do want to use a small sizing here, you know, and I mean, not that 10 is wrong, because like the pot's so small, it's kind of like a live poker thing, you just bet half pot and pretend it's right. third. Um, uh, so, and, and I, I actually saw a pretty good, I, I, it was helpful for me, like a kind of good heuristic on bet sizing, like they're just like a random comment where someone was like, oh, you know, a good way to think about what your bet sizing is doing, you know, we like to think of it as like number of hands. That, that are betting but also you can kind of think about like what are your marginal made hands doing on a board like this mm -hmm. you know like for example like a board like ace king deuce you know the solver says we can over bet because like you're not betting all that much and like hands like pocket queens and pocket jacks want to do a lot of checking you open right. a board like this you you know king eight five flush draw your you know your kind of medium made hands like ace eight or pocket queens or pocket jacks or something are happy doing a lot of betting because there's a lot of hands to get value from and worse hands are going to call so you know that, with that I, I so that that's all that to say i would probably take a small sizing here and you know i don't love using multiple sizings and i think it would be yeah I, I i definitely don't think we should try to apply multiple sizing here it was my more my question was more what should our sizing be yeah, and I don't so think overbetting just... a flop like a board like this makes a lot of sense, especially if your opponent's bad. Because like right. I do just want to bet a high volume of hands because we could kind of outplay them in a large pot. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I 
I think going like this small sizing is probably fine. Like a three quarters is sort of interesting, although I start to get a bit uncomfortable. Like, do I really want to bet ace eight for three quarters? So I, right. I, I would rather just like bet a large volume of hands and just look to make good plays on later streaks. So. Yep, I fully, I'm fully behind that. So I go ahead and bet ten, and we do get called. Nice. So villain can still have anything. Yeah, and this is what I was going to say. I mean, if you look at the range the solver assigns to villain here, it's extremely condensed. Like, it's basically like queens, jacks, you know, tens, some suited broadways, and that's it. And that, and like of course, a, is a, a bit of a... a that, of What's course, up? is a bit of a quirk of the solver where, you know, 99%, I'd say, of live players, and especially ones who have studied, are not flatting, like, queens and jacks, like, ever. From the well, jacks. I do. Eh, I see a lot of flatting with jacks, but um, but I mean, like aggressive players who like actually study like the solver and stuff are probably not flatting those hands. Where the solver actually likes, you know, doing a lot of like, just because. I mean, again, it probably thinks you opened under the gun. Your range is in theory extremely strong and may not even have a lot of ace eight suited in it. Yeah. Well, actually, I'm surprised. There was like quite a bit of it, but yeah. Point taken. I mean, it is. A lot of live players will, a lot of skilled players just won't have a flatting range even like in the field. But if you are going to have one, you know, it should be fairly condensed. Um, so, yeah, I think that Les Solver's advice here is a little bit, a little, you know, it's just something to think about is like, well, Villain probably has a lot more hands than Solver thinks he does. So we go to the turn now, and the turn is the Eight of Diamonds. So I make trips. Wow. Big. And. What's curious to me here is the solver is so in game I thought that this is a bad card for me. Like in theory. It's not a very good card for me because like for your range. For my range, right? right. Because villain should have way more like villain should have more middle pair as the preflop caller. But of course the solver says villain has actually literally no eights except for a smidge of eight seven suited and pocket eights. And that's more because and that's not because they didn't defend the flop, that's because they should not have flatted in right. solver land but of course this is live poker you bet right. your butt that villains are defending every suited a under the sun right exactly so um i kind of thought this card wasn't very good for me and so i decided that i couldn't use an overbet sizing but the solver actually likes to overbet this turn a lot but i i would kind of discount that fully because i agree that actually the actuality of it is that your villain should have a lot more 8x than you Okay, so you think that, like, it's, you know, typically the size that you're going to use on the turn, uh, very common, the more the most common turn sizes, with many exceptions, but the most common turn sizes are over bet, like, 130% or 75%. So you're thinking a 75%, because villain's actual range should contain more eights, that using that sort of sizing here makes more sense? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I also think an overbet doesn't necessarily make sense given the SPR. Because, like, we've, there's basically a 4x SPR. So I, I might just, I honestly might just pot it to set up a river jam. And, mm. Or, like, you know, go a little bit, like, a, a little bit overbet just to go geometric and try and get all the money in. Because it sounds like this guy, like, is not, you know, you just have to kind of put your money in and hope he calls you with some, like, garbage. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. <clears throat> I... I did end up thinking like I did end up going like a three quarters sizing here. It was like thirty dollars, but um, I do think that trying to just pot it does make more sense versus this villain type because I realized like oh you know it's gonna be hard to get the money in on the river. Um, so I do think that I could have just bet pot, but I did not. I I think it was I, I did only bet a three quarters. But I, bet I do agree with you. I think that the solver's view of overbetting is based on its perception of the villain's range having basically no 8x when in reality the villain sh probably should have more probably does have more 8x than you do yeah like villain probably has 10 8 jack 8 queen 8 like right. all, <laughs> all those hands and you just have ace 8 suited and some 8 7 suited and some right. 9 8 suited so yeah i so i i think that you're i i think this is a good case where the solver you know, is making a recommendation based on what it thinks the range is, and it's not correct. Right. So, yeah, I mean, like, the question is, like, what would I do with, like, Ace-King here? Do I, would I over, like, the solver wants to overbet, but do do I want to overbet with Ace-King, or do I want to take more, like, a, I mean, I I think we can still probably go for stacks with Ace-King, so, like, bet yeah. pot, like you said. Yeah, but um, if, if we were deeper, I think I'd want to take, a, like, a 
more more of a three quarters pot size. Sure. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. So you're you're on board here. It sounds like so. Yep. I did bet three. I did bet thirty dollars in in villain cult. Villain calls. Mm -hmm. Cool. But I do think that going larger to try to set up this river jam would have been smart. Uh, the river comes the six of hearts. So the flat front door flush comes in, which I do not love. <clears throat> right. Um, we are sitting now. We have about uh, like 150 left. Uh, and of course, the pot is um, is a, about $100. So. Yep. And at this point, I'm thinking to myself, well... I could check here, of course, but I think I will miss out on like calls from King X if I check. So I don't think I should check. I could. I think that like jamming. Like, I don't know. What do you think about jamming here? You... I don't. I don't know. I think jamming is a little. I mean, I just don't know that we're getting called enough when we jam. Because like I'm not. I, I think we do have the best hand a lot here still, based on your description of the villain. Like, and we probably will still get called by like eight X. I mean, we'll AX definitely or, by his 8x. 8x for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but he'll probably do a lot of folding a King X. I mean, it depends on what kind of bad this guy is. Um, <laughs> He was bluffing in spots that didn't really make any sense and calling too much in earlier streets, but not necessarily later streets. Yeah. So then so then probably not. Probably Then I probably wouldn't jam here. I mean, I almost might like, like block... Like, I wonder if we should just, like, bet fold here. Like, is he ever going to rip it with, like, some... With, like, worse value if we bet? Well, this is interesting because I had the exact thought in game. I said, you know, I wonder if I can block fold here where I just don't, like, see this guy, like, bluffing here. Like, I don't think he has any, like, one heart hand with no pair. That doesn't make any sense, like, that right. he has, right? So I don't really see him, like, turning that into a bluff. Right. So I think I could probably just comfortably fold if we block and get jammed on. The two sizes the solver uses here are block or jam. I thought that was pretty interesting. With my specific holding, it likes to jam. Uh, it just basically, I guess, thinks we're too shallow to worry about the flush too much. Uh, but again, the solver is giving villain almost no flushes because their range is so condensed so in reality i think villain probably has more flushes than the solver thinks yeah um, yeah I, I mean i still don't think it's i don't think it can be bad to jam here because we just have like we're really high up in our range is the thing like we have yeah, such a true. strong hand like it's it's interesting like i i don't i think blocking is kind of interesting to consider but i do i do wonder if this hand is just like a you know rip it in and if he hit a flush, then he, if he has a flush like so be it Right, yeah. And I think, like, when you consider, like, well, he has more flushes, but he also has way more other stuff, right? Because right. his range is just really wide. So, you know, I'm not going to, like, challenge the solver here. I think jamming is does make some sense, uh, ultimately. Like, we could get called by, like, King X sometimes if we jam. So I don't know. Well, I, and I do think also, you know, if we had bet a little bigger on the turn, then it's a pretty clear jam. And we, like, don't definitely. put ourselves into this decision because we just, like, wind up pot jamming it, which, like, is definitely a good, like, which is definitely fine. But, like... Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I think that, um, yeah, I think it was a turn-sizing mistake. I do I do end up landing on a block here. Okay. I, I'm, I don't know. I think I, I think I probably should just have jammed. I think it was an error. But, um... I do block, so I bet 30 again. Okay. And villain raises 260. Okay. Seems like, <laughs> seems like a snap call. Well, yeah. I mean, I thought to myself for a bit, I was like, does he ever do this with a flush? And then I also thought, like, should we ever three bet jam? But I don't know. I think it's probably just a call. Yeah, I think villains min, min raise on the river with, like, the nuts and, like, nutted hands sometimes because they want to get called. Like, yeah. I know what you mean, that, like, the sizing is... You'd think he would just jam a flush, but especially if he's bad, he could have anything running through his head with a flush, ranging right. from I want to get called to the board is paired, so jamming, so I can't jam. Right. So... Yeah, yeah, and so I did think for maybe, like, a little bit longer than I should have about this, because I just was, like, trying to be like, 
what's going on here? I just thought it was so strange. But anyway, yeah, of course, I'm never folding here. So I did end up just calling. But I, I think uh, it's interesting to think about jamming. But I think it is just, we can't. Yeah, yeah. And he rolls over King Jack. King Jack. King Jack. Wow. Yep. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe was, I should have ripped it. I think I should have ripped it, honestly. Was he value betting or bluffing? I think he was value betting, yes. <laughs> Interesting. Did he have yeah. a heart? No, he had King Jack of Diamonds. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, I got nothing then. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah, I mean that's interesting. Like, may I mean that makes me that makes me think we should have just ripped the river. But I think I do think three bet jamming the river is probably too thin. Yeah, yeah, I think we should have just ripped the river. I think that probably overthought this one, just put the money in. But anyway, it was just sort of a weird spot. So. Yeah, yeah, I think blocking is super interesting, and I think definitely like blocking with like ace king is is pretty pretty sick. You just get called by so much. Right. Yeah. I mean. I guess if he had if he had jammed, I think I was just folding, you know. But. Yeah, I think that's fine, you know. And if you ever see his hand, then you're like, okay, I'm never folding to this guy ever again. Right, right. <laughs> As played, I was pretty befuddled. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would okay, be well, what's your second hand here? All right, so second hand is going to be from the same, uh, a different table, but the, the usual 1-3 encore game. Um we're 400 effective in this hand, uh, so a little bit deeper than the last hand, and it folds all the way to me in the hijack. So, you know, also crappy, crappy table. Uh, and I open queen of spades, jack of hearts um, to 15. And okay. I, I definitely get some callers. I get both blinds to call, which is pretty much you know, the best I can hope for. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So well. 45 in the pot and like 385 behind. The flop is gonna come pretty interesting. It's ace of clubs, king of diamonds, six of clubs. Hmm. Uh, we do not have a club. We got queen of spades, jack of hearts, and it does check to me. Okay, well, uh... Yeah, I mean, this is certainly a good hand to start a bluff with, I would say, uh, even versus two people. Um, obviously, you have a draw to the nuts. Uh, it's going to be, you know, one of those hands that actually plays reasonably well as a triple because you are going to unblock bricked hearts if the hearts do brick. Um, and if you had thick value here, I think you would take a large sizing for multi-way, which is maybe half pot or two thirds. But um, yeah, I kind of like, I like a bet here. I, I, I mean, look, if you you know if these guys are like really super sticky or something, and you know that like this is never going to work, you know, you can always just check. But uh, yeah, I, I think I have be... a ton of reads on these guys. I think they were both pretty <laughs> playing pretty standard for them, you know, at, at the time. But I agree. I, I decided to bet here, and I agree. I think a large sizing makes sense. So I bet twenty five. Um, and both, both of them call. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Which, you know, probably really makes sense. Them. I think they probably do that. Probably at least one of them has an ace. Yeah, they, they do that with an ace. They may do that with a club draw. They may do that with a king. You know, they should, maybe they shouldn't be doing it with a king, but it would not surprise me, of course. Um, so at this point, we've got about 120 in the pot, about 360 left behind. And the turn is not my favorite card. It's the eight of clubs. Mm. Uh, so the board now ace of clubs king of diamonds six of clubs eight of clubs front the front door flush has just hit uh and both blinds check once again i mean i would give up here i mean <laughs> i i think if we have a club we can continue to barrel but uh, you know because we're blocking some main flushes but at this point i i, I would give up for sure yeah i, I decide to check back and I, I think i might check back like one club here sometimes also just to try and realize my equity because like if, you know, if the blinds checked here and I check back like queen of clubs, jack X and the turn and the river comes either a 10 or a club, I likely have the best hand a lot. Yeah, for sure. And it would suck but to get like check raised here if I had a hand like that. So, you know, I could probably, I mean, I don't know, maybe I barrel this hand sometimes with just with a thought that it's kind of like, I don't mind getting check raised off it. Yeah, that's actually a good point, actually. That's, that's, that's interesting because... You know, you can barrel this hand with, like, the intention of giving up river. Um, but 
just to say, hey, you know, I don't mind. Like, I have very little equity at this point not having a club. So if I get check raised here, I have to fold. It's not a disaster. I just have a gut shot. I mean, what's a better, like, versus, like, I mean, I think if I like queen jack with a jack of clubs, maybe you would barrel more, or queen 10 with a 10 of clubs, certainly, like, barrel yeah, better that's than barrels. Those are probably the best candidates. Um, you know, and, and I guess I, do, I, I don't have a ton of value hands. Like, you know, kind of like a weak or medium ace, I, probably, I might check back here a good amount of the time. Um, yeah, I mean, mostly it's like aces, kings, ace, king. Flushes. Uh, the occasional flush, though you really don't have a lot of those. Well, I um, opened the hijack. I think I pretty much have every broad, all, all the suited broadways. Yeah, yeah, which, fair enough. Um... Yeah, I mean, I think if you were going to bet here, it would need to be for a pretty big sizing. Um, and you're pretty much just targeting, like, weak aces and, you know, a king X if they have it. And then mostly um, king X with the king of clubs. You think they would fold? Oh, no, I don't. But, I, I mean, I guess we'd have to triple barrel ripper. But I guess our hand but doesn't I, function. I think our hand good. is a bad triple barrel candidate right. at this point when, yeah. with the clubs coming in. So, um I think if you if they're if these guys are real loosey goosey, I mean, hey, you know, I don't mind just a big bet here to try to uh, fold them off like eighty percent, seventy five, eight percent, whatever you're. Yeah, I do decide to just check back here. Um, but just a thought when you were talking about you know having a club versus not, I, I agree that like having a lower club is like a fine is probably the best barrel here because like we are okay folding that also to like getting check raised. But you know maybe if we have a hand like a queen of clubs, that might be just a little bit too strong. Right, yeah, it's kind of really sucks if we get jammed on. Right, exactly. So I, I do decide to check back. I think it can't be that bad to, to just give up at this point. Um, but yeah, do... you don't really have a lot of thick value here, so it's you don't need to have that many buffs either. Yeah, yeah, and obviously it's a multi-way spot, so can't really solve it. But I wouldn't be surprised if it if we were to run a similar hand through the solver, if it maybe mixed sometimes with hands like this. Mm -hmm. um, well, the river. Uh, now comes the deuce of clubs. So four clubs on the board. Uh, and it checks to me once again. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I mean, I feel like I just have to like bet here. Yeah. I guess if you think it's credible. I mean... <laughs> Yeah, I, I, yeah, you know what? Sure, because I mean, would you bet like ace? Would you bet like ace queen here with no club? No. Right. Okay. So definitely not. You're only betting like, may you're only betting flushes at this point. Yeah, I mean, I guess my thought Correct. was like, I, I am in the check back of the turn like a reasonable amount of the time with like one high club, because like I do want to realize my equity. You know, maybe I, maybe I can have king x sometimes with the king of clubs. I mean, that hand may not be betting the flop for a large sizing. Um, but, you know, because you know, that's basically like turning it into a bluff, which is not really good. But you know, could certainly have queen, like, you know, queen jack with one club, stuff like that, that I think would want to bet here. Um, so, and I mean, I do need yeah, some you bluffs. You can even have a hand like pocket jacks with a club or pocket tens with a club that you might play this way. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean that's another case of would I bet that hand on the flop for large sizing, possibly, you know, maybe sometimes as like a bluff with like double a double backdoor type equity. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I guess I don't hate going for it here. I mean, is there a better way to choose to like choose bluffs on a board like this? That like non like hands that don't have a club. No, I mean. Honestly, like, obviously, with, if you had a pair here, like, you may win sometimes if you just check. So I'd like to use my no pair hands. Um, and, you know, all of your no, obviously, all of your no pair hands have no showdown value. But, like, do you have more, like, I guess you have some amount of, like, suited connectors that just totally whiff the flop, but you bet anyway or something. But I don't know. I mean... I think it's fine to just uh, to just go for it here. I think yeah. it's fine. And this is, I mean, this is probably a spot where I'm over bluffing, you know, if you looked at the quantity of hands. But, like, also, my opponents have just played this hand so weak. Like, check call, flop, check turn, check river. It's like, I'm just, I'm, I'm basically forced to just bluff my crap here. Yeah. 
So I, I think you need to take a pretty pretty hefty sizing. Yeah, I think I don't. You, you don't need to? <laughs> no, I think I don't take a hefty sizing. But I think oh. I, sh I, think I probably sh Well, I don't know. I mean, what am I... I feel like the hands that I'm trying to make fold, I don't need to bet that much to accomplish. Like, I don't think anyone's... If anyone's, like, slow played a good club, like, I'm not going to get... They're probably not going to fold for, like, any sizing. And I feel like people are going to fold their one pair of hands to, like almost any bet yeah you think they'll just fold like ace x if you bet like Probably. 50 here people like do not defend enough on a board like this i guess the downside is if we bet small and we got like called by like pocket sevens with a club that would be pretty brutal yeah i mean i think that you want to bet a size that makes small clubs indifferent right so which so i think is to, a big size that so would I definitely have to be big yeah talking about this. that makes it kind of pretty clear that that a bigger you know because if a if an ace is going to fold to any sizing then what we really need to be targeting are like the the hands like that like sevens or you know fours or something like that with a club yeah so i i bet 55 which i which is just a little under half pot but i think that's probably too small yeah i don't really like it but okay i see your logic but yeah okay and what happens the so what happens is that the small blind clicks it to 125 <laughs> Okay. And the big blind folds. And I mean, I don't think we can really do anything other than fold. Yeah, of course. Yeah, so I do just it. snap fold. Um, well, good. If you had bet larger, you would have you would have clicked it bigger. So. Or maybe I induced his a bluff. Meh. Maybe. <laughs> I doubt it. Uh, um. Yeah. All right. Well. Hey. So I don't know. It's just kind of an interesting spot to think about bluffing like turns, rivers, and like whatnot. And it's like a weird, kind of a weird hand. I I always struggle with like four flush boards. They are weird. I mean, yeah, there are certain spots where on four flush, there's a lot of times I think on four flush boards where you are not supposed to take, you are supposed to take a very small sizing even in position. And I think it's like when, I, I think it's when it seems likely that both players would have a flush as as played, I guess. There's kind of like no and not advantage either way right so i don't know or something I, I, no that's not quite right i don't remember exactly what it is doug polk talked about it in some video and maybe i can find it we can put it in the description but there was something uh something about that like there is certain spots where you aren't supposed to and on four flush boards you often are supposed to take a really small sizing i just don't think that this is necessarily one of those spots or maybe it is and i'm wrong but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I kind of see your point that, like, we just have to try and target the small to middling flushes, and, you know, so let's do that. Because I do think that we can get a lot of folds from those hands. You know, yeah. So. Yeah, or, you know, we make them indifferent. Maybe they'll, you know, if we if we had a flush, we could get called. You know, that'd be nice, too. Yeah, so. yeah, absolutely. So, all right, I'll, I'll take us home here with uh, one of my favorite hands I played recently, because it was versus a Maniac, and I do love playing against some Maniacs. Um, and he was very chatty, very splashy guy, and had been making some wild, wild moves. Uh, this hand is going to, we're going to be 255 effective with the Maniac. Uh, worth noting that we are like almost a thousand effective with another villain in this hand who does, is not the main villain, but, um, okay. we are 255 effective with the, with the maniac who's the main villain so we're in the, uh, there's an ep limp and we're in the hijack with uh ace of diamonds jack of spades okay we may get 15 uh which at this table was not really getting a lot of folds it's possible i should have been going bigger but uh i'm gonna get 15 uh the small blind calls the big blind calls and the limper calls nice now yeah. this is what I'm talking about. So the SPR already just four to one. Yeah. <laughs> things are things are moving. Yeah. Well, four to one, but of course, with the main villain here, we're actually with not with not the main villain, but with one of the villains, we are very deep. That Good is point. the uh, small blind. And are we okay? So we're in position. We're in position to everyone, right? Yes. That's nice. Yeah. The flop is gonna come queen of spades, eight of clubs, seven of hearts. Okay, we've got ace jack off suit, so we we could be swinging a miss. 
Yeah, it's Jack offsuit. Uh, checks to me, and I think we're checking this one back. Yep, I think even heads up, this is probably a check back a lot. Yeah, I mean, this is a fairly connected board, um, and we have some equity. Yeah, we're like smack dab in the middle of our range. Yeah, yeah, so I'm just happy to check this back. Pretty much feeling done with the hand, honestly. All right. Um, the turn is the ten of spades. So we flip, we pick up a oh a double gutter. We pick up a double gutter. And it um, does introduce a front door spade draw, a back door. A back, draw. Yeah, a back door spade draw. Yes. The small blind now, who we are about, about a thousand effective with, bets ten dollars. Uh, which he'd been doing a lot. He'd been doing a lot of these like weird small feeler bets, so I didn't really think too much of it. And then our our maniacal friend in the big blind makes it forty. Okay. Uh, which he had been attacking a lot of this guy's small feeler bets. So good. Um, the limper folds, and I was like getting ready to muck my hand, but I took a look at it and I was like. I have the Jack of Spades. Okay. So I started to think about not folding my hand. What do you think about not folding my hand in this spot? Well, I think not having the Jack of Spades is worse. I mean, it's better. I think not having the Jack of Spades is better because we block we block bluffs while holding the Jack of Spades. So I would well, rather... Well, well, what? But uh, I was thinking... I don't. For, I guess I don't think we can jam here. Give like it would be an overbet jam, which I think. So I was yeah, thinking yeah. like that. That's fine. I think. I mean, if I were not gonna fold this hand, I would probably make it like. I mean, I might like click it back, like make it like ninety, and then jam like like what I would. I guess what I would like to do is like not have a spade in my hand and make mm -hmm. it like ninety, and then like rip rivers. Interesting. Or I wonder, I mean, could we almost, like, make it, like, 90 with the Jack of Spades and then just check back, like, all rivers? And, like, win? Win sometimes, yeah. It's like, because we beat I... all the spade draws? Yeah, you're saying so it's better to just not have the Jack of Spades? Yeah, no, I, I... I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's I okay. Know. I don't know. I think there is pros and cons to having the Jack of Spades, but I... I looked at my hand and I was like, there's some things that could happen here. I really <laughs> don't like calling, I think. I think I... calling is not good. Agreed. Yeah. But I, I do uh, kind of, I can get on board with, like, a small three bet here that, like, sets up a river jam, you know, if we either make our hand or, you know, maybe we, you know, I don't, I don't, I just don't think our hand functions really well as, like, a river jamming candidate. Because I feel like if this big blind is, like, just attacking the small blind's raise and might call us with, like, any sort of flush draw, I feel like we could just... Like three bet him here for value, and then check back the river and win. And win. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. So then, in that case, we don't want the jack spades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, fair enough. But I just didn't want to. I decided I wasn't going to let go of my double gutter. I think if I perceived the big blind here as like kind of a normal ABC player, I think we are just going to fold this spot. Yeah. Even even with a double gutter, I think we just don't want to be in here. Um, of course, because. Our house might aren't even all clean. Yeah, um, I agree. So, so, but I decided to do as you were thinking, and I made a hundred. Yeah, I just and I really don't like calling because, like, if we call and the small line calls, then we're never good, and our hand yeah, is yeah, also yeah, not a good bluff candidate. So we're just we just like burned forty dollars for no reason. Yeah, call, calling is horrible. Um, yeah, okay. I, I mean a hundred, I think is fine. I just think like when we raise to a hundred, it, it is just going to make the SPR really really low. But I guess if our plan is to just check back rivers a lot, then that's fine. Yeah, it was sort of just going to see like it depends on the river. Um, yeah, I mean making it hundred versus ninety. Yeah, I could have gone like ninety. I think that's fair. Um, and I mean, I was also thinking to myself like I would absolutely play like pocket tens or jack nine this way. So yeah, um, absolutely. So. Maybe even pocket queens. Uh, yes, very possibly pocket queens. Uh, right, yeah, pocket queens, I would do this. Because the thing about, like, you know, even though I'm blocking a lot of strong hands, like, it's the thing is calling is just really strong, so might as well raise anyway, right? So, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So I decide to to raise it to 100. 
the small blind does fold, and the big blind does call. <laughs> awesome. Um, the river is a very interesting four of spades. Okay. This is where having the jack of spades starts to be more relevant, I think. Okay. Um, so the big blind does check. And the question is, do we rip it or do we check back? Right. I mean, yeah, it's interesting. It's, it's really interesting, right? It's like, are we ever going to get a fold here when we jam for like half pot? Like, I don't know. It's kind of hard to say. Like... And it's so it's so weird with a maniac because like is he is he does he ever fold like is he ever gonna fold here? Yeah, I've seen him make some folds. Right. Yeah. So I mean, then our hand is probably a pretty okay bluff here because like we have the jack of spades, we block all the straights and flushes. Um. You know, seems fine. I don't think yeah. it's terrible to check back. Like we might. I don't know. Like. Well. Yeah. I don't know that we're good here. Yeah, much. once the flesh draw comes in, I guess, like, what hands can he have? What are we hoping he has? Right? Yeah. Like, yeah, like, even 5-6 got there. 5-6. <laughs> uh, um, okay. So I'm kind of okay. I'm kind of okay jamming here. It's just a little awkward with, like, the stack sizes, because it's like, we might not have, like, any fold equity. Just yeah, I think that I think I like your line of making it like ninety on the previous street. It's which subtle, doesn't but... change a whole lot. It doesn't change a whole lot. We still might not have any fold equity. Fair but, enough. Yeah, I mean, well, maybe we could have just like really clicked it, like made it like seventy. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. I, that's pretty pretty odd, I would say, but definitely definitely plausible. So, um. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We so, jam. so I think it's a pretty interesting. I think we've kind of put ourselves in a weird spot. I mean, it is kind of. I I I agree. We definitely should not have jammed turn. I don't like jamming turn, but once we're here, it's just we wind up in such a funky little spot where it's like I, our hand. I think you're. I think I, I. I see where you're. It seems like you you would like to bluff this hand, and I think our hand is a good bluff candidate. It's just very. It's a. It's a toss up whether we can actually ever get folds. Yeah. Yeah, well, um, I mean, I would say, like, villain ha must have, like, decent value. I, I think because of our the blocking properties of our hand, you know, they're fairly unlikely to have completed a draw here. They're more likely to have, like, a queen, right. I would say, right? That's probably the most likely hand is, like, sure. a queen. So, anyway, um, so we do a go ahead and rip it in, and villain goes... Ugh, like we're you know it's like a gut punch which is always the reaction you want when Absolutely. you when you put your stack in the middle as a bluff um and he just goes like ah i knew you had jack nine like why did i check the flop and so i was thinking like all right this is maybe gonna work and he said something interesting uh which he's like you know i would have folded three years ago if you hadn't shown a bluff earlier which i was like that's kind of an interesting insight you know because i had shown a bluff kind of uh maybe half an hour before um hey, that's why we show bluffs to get paid when we have value right but of course we can also it can also hurt us here if we're going to get called under bluffing but villain eventually does lay it down nice did he, and he did flashes he... queen eight of diamonds wow so, folds top folded top two not yeah 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 or not top two i'm sorry but uh top and top two folds two pair did you show him did you show the bluff not immediately i told him afterwards i told i told him about later but nice. um, that's a really sick really sick hand yeah yeah so i don't know i i'm kind of curious like do you think that's a good fold well like, if i were in villain spot i probably would have shipped would have come back over the top on the turn Really? You just rip it? I mean, it's half pot, right? Because, like, otherwise you do put yourself in this situation where you're just going to be getting a million to one on the river anyway, right? Like, if you get clicked on the flop, I mean, on the turn, I feel like you just have to close your eyes. Like, you either... I don't think you ever should call out of position right. of, like, half pot behind. Right. Like, but yeah, as kind of a general rule, I don't really think you should call out of position with half pot left behind, like, on a street... on a non-river street, you know? Of course, we're forced forced to fold in that spot if that happens. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're of course we are. Yeah. But I, I just mean like from villains, like from your perspective, right? If you 
are on the turn with two pair and you and someone like makes a what you like to call a bs bet and you raise and get min clicked and you're like well if i call this i have half pot behind it's like i don't really think you i think you just have to decide you know and maybe you can fold i mean depending on the villain you could absolutely fold queen eight on the turn Mm -hmm. like if it's like a complete nit who just min three bet you it's like snap fold you know yeah yeah but i just think calling is like never the right option there yeah it's interesting what if he had like (laughs) king queen suited yeah i mean but right it's interesting i just think it's the same i mean i think i think i really think regardless of what he has like you just shouldn't be calling there a lot unless you expect the river to check through a lot yeah Anyway, I thought it was a pretty pretty interesting interesting answer. But a good bluff for sure. Yeah, got, so gotta get him got, through one. We got one through on bankroll burners. <laughs> Woo! Woo! Yeah, I, I the, earlier in the session I had failed to get a bluff through on a guy, and he was like so pleased. He was like, "You can't." He's like, "I can bluff you. You can't bluff me. You got to have it versus me." <laughs> it's like, damn. Ouch. Because he had shown a bluff on me earlier, so he had to had to rub it in. So. Wow, that's so sick. I know. Um, yeah. So anyway, thanks everyone. You've uh, spent another hour with us, and that always means a lot. It would mean even more if you press the subscribe button or the like button or left a comment on the video. Yeah, we actually made some cool plays in this one. So uh, you know, we appreciate you supporting our actual, you know, bankroll building. Bankroll building. Yeah. Comment. This was terrible. You both, you both won hands. This cannot, this cannot stand. Do not ever present a hand that you won. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, we we appreciate it. All right, everybody, have a good one. Thanks. Good night.